regulate so everyone's measuring the same way. The fish mouth has to be closed. It has to be touching that that zero marker on the ninety degree bump board, you know, and then whatever. Plus, part you got to listen. Dave all entered the contest and he's immediately looking for a 60 inch bump board. Like he's looking for a 50 pound, uh, a board that will measure a 50 pound fish for this tournament. What a door needs like a 17 inch bump board. What, what's he got? He's Whoa. catching bass. John doesn't even need a long, John, they may have an extra small bump board on Rapala for they, even less money. That only folds once. Oh, they, they do. do. Right. Yeah. $9. I think uh, nine or $10. How you, long is it? Oh, you, you like a 24-inch one or something. Yeah, that'll cover him for this. Green slugs that he likes to catch. I'll buy <laughs> it for you. There you go. Uh, move, let's go. I'll buy him that little miniature bump board for this. All right, you heard it here. We're clipping that. We'll post that. <laughs> Joe's going to buy John Dorn a mini green slug bump board, and we're game. It's on me, Jorm, John. The smallest one they have, though, I'll pay for. I don't want anything big. I think it's that one. Episode 44, NJ Multispecies Podcast. Trying to do it the cool way again. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Santiago. My partner, Chris Pereira. You ruined the cool way to do it by saying that's what you're doing. All right, so I, I messed it up again. I'll try next week. We'll try again next week. I don't care, really, anyway. <laughs> uh, the Madness competition, it's approaching 50 people or 60 no, people? No, no, it's over 50 already. It's over. Uh, so I see some of the guys I uh, awoke in the dragon again with Joe Bergen. He's in now. Uh, Nieves is gunning for me, Christian Nieves. Uh, I see Mackin put a post up uh, calling me out. Apparently, I've become the public enemy number one of this thing now somehow. Whatever, I, 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 don't, I don't care. I don't really understand that. I mean, you're not really a threat in to a fishing competition are you i don't oh, well, you're, you're not a threat either so no big deal uh, i'm not on there talking smack to people yet i didn't talk anything they i'm being well i, I called them out well they why not why wouldn't you enter i mean what's taking so long really well uh, look real quick for anyone that doesn't know what the hell we're talking about because you didn't watch last episode and you're living under a rock bottom line big multi-species fishing contest it's being run th off of njfishing.com, the forum. All the information's there. We shared almost everything as well. But bottom line, go to njfishing.com. Go to the freshwater section. It's pinned th to the top. It's the top pin thread. Big multi-species fishing contest. Only $25 to enter. All that money, everyone's entry fees, plus a bunch of other money that's been donated, is going into a pot that's getting split through the through the species, hundred percent. On top of that, on top of the winnings for the biggest fish, the longest fish, uh, in all the categories, uh, we're getting all kinds of donated prizes and 
those so basically for twenty five dollars to join the fishing contest, you also have just random chances throughout the six month long contest to win all kinds of stuff. And there's no telling how many different prizes. I mean, we've already got we got the five hundred dollar Mike Cabe drift boat trip. And six hundred some. Six hundred some dollars. I thought it was five hundred. It's a it's like a, I think it's a two person drift boat trip. For eight hours, I probably seen all the that you got uh, two open spots, two open boat spots on the Gambler, I believe. Uh, yes, rods and reels from uh, Sporting Life gift card for Sporting Life. Yeah, there's uh, all kinds of stuff. Boards, so t-shirts, cu- custom cutting boards, uh, wood carvings, all, all kinds of stuff. The list is all on there. Go to njfishing.com, check it out. I don't know why you're living you under think, a rock. You think uh, Grab a Granny didn't enter because he knew Bergen was going to enter and he was just afraid of Joe Bergen? No, I, I think... I think Jen Wan, Gen Wan entered. I saw that. I think Gragogani, uh didn't enter because he refuses to measure fish. He just wants to weigh them, which I'll, I'll never understand because, I mean... The length of a fish is a better indicator of everything. It's a better indicator of how old the fish is, a better indicator of how fast the fish is growing. I mean, the weight of a fish is just, you know, the fish ate a lot of other fish recently and didn't shit them out yet. So it weighs more. I don't want to I, I, I do this whole thing again with the bass fishermen, but, I mean, every creel limit on planet Earth is based on the length not the weight uh no one cares about the weight uh, i'm not sure why all you people do it's weird unless it's a blackfish then we care what it weighs right i that's only true. Blackfish. blackfish weight blackfish is the only fish i care what it weighs the only one i still do like i measured the blackfish i mean <laughs> i love you know i do whatever Anyway, before we forget, there is uh, one correct. Real quick, though, can you like somebody calls you and they say, hey, Chris, you won't believe it. I just caught a five pound pickerel. Do you have any idea what that is? Like, is if I don't know what a five pound pickerel would even look like. I immediately don't care. And I say, (laughs) how long was it? Which is exactly what I said to Paul Stewart when he caught that real nice pickerel. Yeah, it, what, he put a weight. I put, what's the length, right? What's the length? Yeah, so did I. So he just got it from both. He got it from every direction. Listen, the Harbor Freight has six-foot tape measures that are literally a $1.75. They, they're like this big. Just buy one. It, what the hell? Not well, for the contest. You can't use that. Contests need a bump. That, this isn't, I'm just saying in general. You don't like to measure fish. Uh, just get a tape measure. Well, I, I did see someone. I think John Dorn complained about buying a bump board. You can get a $60 fold-out Rapala bump board for $15 or $16. Yeah. The bump board prevents um, the cheating. They also, you can buy a... It, it's not even the cheating. It's just you could a buy more... a Chinese. They call it a Chinese inch. It's a tape measure that looks exactly like a American tape measure, but it's all in half inches, and you can't tell... Uh, but you cannot get that in a bump board yet. No. I mean, look, let's be real. If someone wants to cheat at something, there's going to be a way to do it. 
there's always going to be some amount of, you know, trust involved in this. But I mean, I mean, can you imagine someone gets caught cheating in, in something like this? I mean, you, it you might as well just move. You might as well move to a different state. You'd have to basically move. Yeah, you'd have to relocate over two hundred dollars. Uh, um, it's not worth. It. <laughs> no, it'd be ridiculous. But the bump board is not just for that. I mean, it's just it's a way to regulate so everyone's measuring the same way. The fish mouth has to be closed. It has to be touching that that zero marker on the ninety degree bump board. You know, and then whatever. Plus, part you got to listen. Dave all entered the contest and he's immediately looking for a 60 inch bump board. Like he's looking for a 50 pound, uh, a board that will measure a 50 pound fish for this tournament. What a door needs like a 17 inch bump board. What, what's he got? He's Whoa. catching bass. John need... doesn't even need a long, John, they may have an extra small bump board on Rapala for they... even less money. That only they folds do. once. Oh, they, they do. do. Right. Yeah. $9, I think uh, nine or $10. How you... long is it? Oh, you, you like a 24-inch one or something. Yeah, for, that'll cover for him for this. Green slugs that he likes to catch. I'll buy it for you. There you go. Uh, move, let's go. I'll buy him that little miniature bump board for this. All right, you heard it here. We're clipping that. We'll post that. <laughs> Joe's going to buy John Dorn a mini green slug bump board, and we're game. It's on me, Jorm, John. The smallest one they have, though, I'll pay for. I don't want anything big. I think it's that one. All right. What's All right, next? So, With a high Mar show, uh, oh, I, well, I, could, I couldn't go because it was my wife's birthday, but uh, Chuck Manny gave a seminar there. Uh, Jerry Zagorski gave a blackfish seminar there. I'm sorry I missed that. I saw Jen was there. Nor'easter was there. Uh, so that looked like a good show. Um, couldn't get to that one. Skillful angler update. Uh, I entered a trout. Hasn't been certified yet, um, but it is over the size. I still didn't send in my my uh, largemouth bass from our four-day ice fishing season. Uh, tonight, the guest is Tim Keebler. He's the owner Wait, of... Let uh, me cut you off real quick, Joe, because you interrupted me before, and I'm going to forget to do this. Uh, we had a correction from the last episode. Dave called me, and, and he was upset because he, cause he misspoke one piece of wrong information and he wanted me to just correct it on here um he said so the the old shad contest i forget what it was called but the old one that was before the current by state shad tournament that old contest he accidentally said that their prizes were thirty five thousand, i believe which is wrong it was actually they were they were much yes, less they were thirty five hundred yeah. and prizes those old contests so he wanted to just make sure everyone understood the current by state chad contest is much bigger prize it's twenty thousand dollars in prize money uh and prizes for for this current contest yeah back in the day it was 3500 now it's up to like twenty thousand. right he he said thirty five thousand on accident which made it look like it decreased which was just a I'm surprised uh, that we didn't catch that too. I I, I heard I it and I it. said, "Why? Why is he telling? Why? Why is he talking about that? Like it's it's better. It's less now." <laughs> no. You know what? It's funny too because my wife came into the room like a, a day after that episode aired, and she's like, 
you could win $35,000 for catching one fish. And I'm like, yeah, you can, I guess, whatever. You know, like I didn't even pay attention to it. But even my wife thought it sounds weird. It sounded like too much. But yeah, so Dave corrected that. Are you done now? Can I move on to the guest? I just wanted to get that out before we forgot. I know how we operate. and uh... All right, it's out, Dave. Um, we corrected that. Tonight's guest, Tim Keebler, he's the owner of Finn Seeker Guide Service on the Delaware River. I've heard nothing, uh, like me and Chris, kind of like with products and guides, we do a background check and we don't promote anything we don't know. Uh, we do not know Tim, so we actually had to put some feelers out about him, and everything came back unbelievable, actually probably most people i spoke to said he's the best of the best yeah um yeah i was kind of you kind of took the words out of my mouth uh i i don't i mean and joe will tell you i basically take everything with a grain of salt i don't believe much anything i hear if someone posts they caught a some size fish on the internet i go yeah okay show me the picture oh you don't have one you're a fucking liar but with this, I offered I offered someone on our page the other day a half a million dollars for a picture of an eighteen inch crappie, <laughs> and they continued, continued for two hours to tell me that they caught this fish. No the, the offer remains of the half million dollars to this person, but the picture has not been put put. It's just ridiculous. I've had enough of it. Well, my point being, uh, you know, I'm not just saying like some dude told me Tim's a good guide. I'm talking about, we have multiple guys whose opinions we highly respect. Tell us that Tim is a fantastic angler and a fantastic guide. <clears throat> Sorry. I actually had a couple Delaware river guides. When I asked them about Tim, they said, Oh, I can't wait to watch that episode <laughs> because they want to see him. So, uh, his yeah. feedback came back from, other guides which would be his competition even came back really good so where oh, is he is no. he in here uh no we're, we're gonna get him in now okay Deuce, can we cut for a minute Okay, so our next guest has been fishing the Delaware River for over 30 years. He's been guiding uh, the river for over 11 now. His name is Tim Keebler from Finn Seeker River Guide Service. Tim, welcome to the NJ Multispecies Podcast. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for asking me. No problem, Tim. Yeah, you know what? We were just talking a little bit before you, you got on here, yeah. and we were saying, Joe and I, we've never met you, we've never fished with you, and normally, we, you know, we wouldn't, we, we'd have you on, but, yeah, we no, I hear but we wouldn't promote or push someone that we've never personally fished with, but we talked to so many people whose opinions we, you know, hold in high regard. And they, there's not a bad thing was said about you. That's nice to hear. That's, that's great, man. That's Actually, awesome. I was telling Chris too, a lot of the, 
other guides on the river that I asked about you, they said, "Oh, I want to see that episode." They, oh, they cool. wanted to see this. So, so now yeah. he's not, he's not going to give us any of his secrets because yeah. then his competition will hear. Yeah, I be out. <laughs> so Tim, I call it all the time. Uh, you know, as much as we don't want to spot burn it, I call it one of the most underfished treasures of the state. Chris Agreed. sometimes says I'm wrong. Or no, I'm, you're not wrong this time. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's definitely, I mean, maybe t- Tim doesn't feel the same way because he fishes it so much, but to, to people, you know, to anglers that don't fish it that often, we, we know about it. We fish it sometimes. We know how good it could be. But for some reason, there's just something about it. Maybe it's, you know, because the river can be dangerous, you know, if you don't know it. Yep. Yep. And it's it's just, uh, I, I think it's definitely, I'd say, the most underutilized fishery in the state. Uh, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. You know, uh, a couple of the greatest things about it, 330 miles of river that has been around for thousands of years, that the glaciers cut it in there, the history of the American shad. You know, we have two great cedar river runs uh, right in our backyard, the shad and the striped bass, uh, you know, which is unique to the river in itself right there. Just having two, two cedar, you know, river run fish. It's great. Yeah. We're, and we definitely want to, want to touch on those. We, we, we did talk with Dave Vaugh, uh, about the shad last episode. Yeah. yeah um, Davey's, Davey's a legend on the river. Man, I was thinking I should have started the show out by mooning you guys like he did. Cause <laughs> yeah, you know, being like up up in his league you know <laughs> i go i when i was talking to him on the phone the other day i go you know he was asking me he wasn't sure you know about the podcast and all that stuff and and just so you feel comfortable tim i, I had a flip phone not that long ago still so don't worry about it but tim was asking me you know you know oh, what are we going to talk about like what do you got not nervous but just you know wanted to know what was going to happen and I was like, well, you know, go, go on there and check it out. Have you haven't watched, well, you know, watch a little bit of an episode so you can see we were pretty much freestyle it. And he goes, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I, I did watch one episode where Dave mooned you guys. Like, <laughs> That's a good one to start with. Yeah, that, Stands was, out. Hey. that was that was his experience with the our podcast. Dave yeah, yeah. mooning us. Epic. So, so yeah. I, now I like that you. uh he kind of got philosophical there with the river for a minute. Cause I've done, uh, like the overnight camping trips, the overnight floats. And yeah, there is something just like, it, it's like a magical place. Like yeah. it, it just seems so untouched. It's amazing. Absolutely agreed. Uh, there's places on that river. You, you, you'd never know you're like, say Bucks County or, you know, uh, Holland township and stuff like that. It's just gorgeous. And there's so much history with the Indians and there's places. Uh, uh, it's amazing. You actually can, you know, you feel like the Indians are still around on some of these cliffs and then fast forward a few thousand years, you have all the history of the old, you know, barges that were pulled across on cable rigs and horse and buggies and all the bridges were wooden and the canal system. And uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on and then throw in the fish, obviously, you know, it's great. Yeah. Great place. And uh, I, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, you go. Ladies. No, I know you like to interrupt me. Go ahead. 
<laughs> when well, I let you interrupt me, I you know don't a lot of people. It. I always get the argument. Well, not always, but there's always those guys that say, "Well, why why should I pay a guide when I could uh, do it myself?" Uh, this river, you you kind of can't. I mean, you can do it yourself, but. I mean, yep. why would I stomp around on the shore for like 10 years and read books when I could sure. just pay this guy like $150 and yep. his 30 years of experience, I'll just learn in six hours. So absolutely. I, I mean, mean, that's what it is realistically, right, Tim? It really, yes, absolutely. So a few things about paying a guy depends on. So I have super advanced people at Fister River all the way down to the scenario where you don't have a boat, you don't have the equipment, you want to take your kid fishing or you want a, a guest or whatever, and you don't have the ability right there is one reason. The other reason that, you know, obviously if you have, even if you have your own boat, just to gain that knowledge, because I'm not afraid to teach people, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about. If you're a guide, you got to be willing to teach. So, you know, uh, when I actually started, when I started this, when we started this podcast 45 episodes ago, I was 100% against God. I never wanted a guide. Sure. No, no charter boats, no party boats. I always did everything on my own. Now Understood. today I am 100% reversed. I'm willing to pay guides. I'll go on charter yep. boats. Yep. Uh, it's just worth it now to fish with the best and it w save my time. It just is. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, uh, you know, you, it would take years and years and years to gain the information and, and the knowledge that you could gain in a couple of hours yep. with the guide. If, if you do it properly, take advantage of it. I mean, someone, someone comes fishing with you. If they, you know, Pick your brain, if, man. Yeah, if they just come out and go through the motions, and and some people may, you know, they may not be interested in, sure, learning how to do it themselves or whatnot. They may yep. just be out there to chill and relax, and and that's one of the services you provide. But a yep. whole other aspect of it is, you know, if you take out an experienced angler that just doesn't know that particular fishery, that's it. If they're yeah. willing to take yep. advantage of it and, and talk to you and learn and, and uh, grow yep. with it. I mean, yep. you can't, that's, that's priceless. Like yep. experience. You, right you, there. Hit, you hit the nail on the head with that, with that fishery, you may, you know, I black, so you just use blackfish for instance, you know, you go, I've been black fishing off the J Jersey coast all I my life. This, I love this guy. You're my, you know, yeah. that's our and then you, you, you go, you go up to Rhode Island, right? And uh, you the just guy, became you, Chris's best friend. You said Rhode yeah. Island, you're, you're Chris's best <laughs> well, friend. You go on a charter boat there, and the guy's like, yeah, you all set up. I'm like, hey, man, you know, let me go ahead and tie up your rig, you know, because that fishery up there might be, you know, they might do things a little different. You go catch smallmouth bass in the Delaware River, or you go catch them in Beltsville, you're going to fish for them different. You just come down, you spend a little time with a guide and all that learning curve and is gone and the delaware river one of the biggest things to be a river fisherman uh is where they go on the changing heights so it's ever changing people ask me all the time what's the average height of the river there's no real average height of the river it goes up and down all the time and the, the fish move accordingly so you could come out with me one day and say 
oh man i'm gonna bring my boat back and we're gonna go over and we're gonna hit them rocks because we nailed them there well when the river drops 18 inches them fish are gone or not they go on another bar or they go to the wood or the timber you know you you have to know at the different height where they're going and that's where you know someone that's on there a lot can tell you and how often no, I'm going to go this time. And okay. and I was just going to say, that's that's what's so cool about a, any river, but especially a bigger river. And yeah. like Joe and I do a lot of trout fishing in the smaller rivers that you can wade. And mm-hmm. even in those, always changing everything, the height, like you said, sure. the flow, the color, it rains a little bit. Now the river's a different color. You got to fish it a yep. different way. A tree falls yep. down, the tree gets blown out, the hole's gone, there's a new hole. I mean, it's yeah. never it's never the same. It's just never the same. And That's I guess correct. It, you can look at it in a positive or a negative, right? It's it's it keeps you on your toes. It keep you have to keep adapting to it. It keeps you sharp. Yep. On the other yep. hand, I guess it could get a little bit frustrating when you figure yep. something out and then the next time you go mm-hmm. there, it no longer that's oh yeah yep timber you know slash trees down in the river is a perfect example you can have smallies piled in there storm comes and takes it away that hole's gone done you'll never get it back you know and it might be a reliable spot one of my best stories about losing a fishing hole was in 05 um floyd i guess it was down down towards the yardley area we had a striper hole down there it was about 150 yards long maybe 20 yards wide and like eight foot deep. And that was it. And there was a bar on each side of it and a big rock had started it. On O'Fly, when that river flooded like that, it took that rock away, put it, I have no idea where it even went, and then filled that whole hole in, not even filled it in, it filled it above like mean low height down there. So the hole is totally gone. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that was a 20 fish hole on any given day and it's gone never to be for me to catch another striper in again go on so yeah it changes man to the good or blow your mind what the river could do like now you're you're constantly you constantly have to fight um clarity too right because the color Mm -hmm. of the water constantly changes yeah yeah the turbidity is unbelievable and now you know i've been on the river a long time and when i was younger the river would go up and the river would come down now it goes up and it takes 10 15 days to come down because of all the impervious surface the water just keeps running in and running in and the clarity like i mean it goes chocolate milk brown and it stays that way 10 12 days where you when i was younger it'd be three days you go back and it'd be good you know so yeah it's right. we got a lot of silt a lot of runoff in there and, is it is it basically unfishable when it's chocolate milk like Mm, depends on what fish stripers you, you can get them smallies you know they push up in the banks but uh a shad fishing's done you know that's all visual anything that's all visual it's game over but you know uh you can get them it slows down because they can't see stuff as far but like stripers i'll switch to heavy duty rattle and stuff and just make a lot of commotion and they're a predator fish with a lateral line you know and they use yeah. that lateral line to crush stuff so but so, yeah, yeah i mean it makes it hard river introduces a lot of uh curveballs i guess that the lake really doesn't every day every, every day. day and yeah. you know what i bet i bet uh you know how we say that 
you know, learning how to fish in New Jersey kind of makes you a better angler when you travel somewhere else <laughs> because of all the, you know, the pressure you have to deal with and the, mm-hmm. the variables. I bet you the same thing goes for fish in the river. You have to adapt so much. You, you, it just becomes yep. part of your, your style. Yep. And when you run, so when you run into different scenarios, you're, you're more willing to adapt and you, you just have more, you have more moves in your Rolodex. I feel like. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Constantly yeah. adapting every day, every trip, even during the day, you know, and we have, there's just so many unknown factors. They open a dam. I can be out on a great bite and temperature drops two to three degrees overnight with no warning. And you'll see like chopped up black leaves. And I'm like, Oh boy. And, that day, it's going to suck. Well, the fish just right, so look, get shocked. Based off of that, let me just ask you like this gen- general type of question. Mm-hmm. Besides the obvious like safety reasons, is there mm-hmm. any conditions where you would call your customer and be like, look, because of X, Y, and Z, I'm 99% sure the fishing is going to be awful. Like, let's reschedule. Like, what are the what Absolutely. I, I, when it's first, like you said, let's leave dangerous and trees and obvious lightning storms and stuff out of it. So I am as honest as it gets, man. I I call my customers the night before and I, I, I let them, it's an opt out thing. You know what I mean? I just, I'm like, listen, here's the deal. I'm the boats hooked to the truck. (laughs) I'm ready to roll. (laughs) I can find some fish. We'll try. We'll but it's going to suck for my standards. I tell them, I tell them flat out, it's going to suck. I'll take you. And, and some guys say, hey, man, I, I got the day off. I want to go. Yeah. Let's go. And and you wind up, sometimes you put together a catch, you know, and you're sure. just blown away. And other guys are like retired guys or whatever. They're like, nah, screw it, man. Let's, let's just do another day. But, yeah, I, I, can't, I talk myself out of more trips than I, than I should, you know. And, and for anyone listening to this that doesn't use guides a lot, and I don't use guides in New Jersey a lot, sure. but I travel and use guides all over the place. Me Correct. and Justin Lerner, uh, we, we've taken dozens and dozens of trips, and he yep. knows all these guides. And yep. what you said right there, how you, you know, call the guys the night before mm-hmm. and you're honest and you're just like, you know, hey, I, I don't know, these conditions and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's the sign of a guide you want to go with that right there. That's one of the things. Well, for the record too, we don't use guides in Jersey, but we're also, that's because we're like privy to getting the fish with like, (laughs) I I know a lot of people. If we didn't know those people, we did, we would, we would need a guide. It's your network of people. Yeah. It's a network. But if yep. you break, if we break the, if we break it down season by season now, yep. I guess uh, spring obviously you kick off with the shad run. Is that where where you start your your year pretty much? Um, well, yeah, that's the big run. But right now, I mean, I, I barely made it home. I just got off the river walleye fishing. We had we had walleye, smallmouth, and we actually got a tiger trout today on a jig. Yeah, really. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think That's it was cool. sixteen and a half inch tiger, and it looked it looked like a steelhead. It was all pale in color, like trying to adapt to the river. It had all its fins. It's been in there for a while. It was 
it's a, and it another, was ben- another benefit to that is you can keep walleye all year, right? They never close. Yep. All year round, 18 inches and over. Right now, you know, the females are full eggs, so we try to kill a male if you want to eat something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, good yeah, and that's cool. So you could, because uh, on that body, that that's the only body of water where they're open all year, right, Chris? Or, yeah, yeah, and and like yeah. you know, it, there's I've had people tell me that it was great, and I've had people tell me it was horrible. So it's you know, it's Delaware River. Some they might take on a mud taste or whatever, depending on where they're living. Oh, really? Some I, of them. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. A lot, a lot of the fish from the river, plus. It's not super, super clean. There's a lot of plastics in there as far as real fine stuff that you uh-huh. would ever see. When, when they test the river, it's overloaded with plastics. I don't yeah. know how that really affects the, the meat. but yeah. So generally speaking, then, I mean, I guess obviously the, the further up river you go, the cleaner it will be, I would assume. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They have the great trout fishery up north, but um, the other thing to keep in mind is the two ocean run fish you know they're only barely in the river like the striped bass is they're coming in they're right out of the ocean so they're not living in there like a flathead you know right 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 so let's definitely touch in on some of the specifics of the of these fisheries too when you're gonna say joe when it starts to transition now out of the spring and it gets into like the the dead of the summer um Mm -hmm. What becomes like the bread and butter fishery then in like Small the mouth. days? Smallies? Smallies. Um, you can catch walleye too, believe it or not, in the warm water. You just got to know where to go. But uh, smallmouth and, and flathead is a big thing in the river. They're getting more and more of them. You know, snakeheads come alive. Ooh, he uh, does snakeheads, Chris? Muskie. Muskies. How far up do you do you get the snakeheads? Typically, so I, I've had them up like I've had them up Regalsville already. Oh. Uh, I'm sure they're further. I know. I think um, some people, uh, Davy knows even have had them up by Easton and and above. Maybe even uh, Lerner knows about some up further. I think, but uh, definitely, I, I personally have them Frenchtown Regalsville area. So, but I don't think I, they're targetable. I, I, they they crush a top water by accident when I'm popping for something, but uh, down the lower end, obviously, there's a lot of them. And and I don't want to get into the whole thing, but wh- how do you feel about the flatheads? Have you kind of uh, ex- like accepted yeah. them and just hey, they're here, let's utilize them? Or yeah, like I've always I've said for the longest time, I don't want to be really a, a catfishing guide. However, you get fish that big, you get 30, 50 pound fish. It's they're fun fish and there's no reason not to target them. And they're pretty aggressive. But as far as from a, you know, river point of view, people say they're destroying the smallmouth and all this. I, I have a lot of different opinions on that. You know, every fish has its place. They come and go for tens of thousands of years, man, like invasive, yeah. non-invasive, everything's invasive at one point. It's, Right. It's a it's a rough subject on that. I mean, they definitely eat a lot of stuff in the river, you know, but like it'll come full circle. So if they damage up the like I'm seeing a lot more walleye in the river than I ever have. So maybe the walleye are resistant to it and they're killing some smallies and it's giving more room for them. There's it's an ecosystem that's on its own, you know. Yeah, it's kind of, you know. I mean, it opens up a whole, finds a way. It 
it opens up a whole nother customer base for you though, doesn't oh, it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a whole nother time of day also. <laughs> is it, so you, is it a night fishery yeah. mostly for you? Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely get them during the day, but at night, you know, they come out on the flats and stuff and they, they come out to play a little bit, but yeah. Um, you're, you're you know spot what? on with that. The customer base, there's people that want to do it, huh? and I'll, I'll take them for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm one of them. I, I like so, it. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it safe to say that um, any, any time during the year, any species that's in there, if someone wants to go for it, can you pretty much accommodate that? Nope. Nope. Like, I could I'd pay hell to get you a striper right now. You know what well, I mean? I, I wasn't. But there's not, some in the not river. Not including the migratory uh it'd be no not really this time of year is tough you know i wouldn't want to target like like flatheads right now you know okay, right yeah that uh, makes sense. i definitely could get smallmouth and walleye right now and, and probably some muskies you know um okay. but i i have a saying every fish has its time you know so from christmas to the end of march it's walleyes and and like big giant smallmouth that we would chase for that you know 17 inch fish and bigger and then um i roll into shad in april and april may and june is shad and stripers then we roll right into the smallmouth and i you know so every fish has its time so to speak i don't really i just have different months and times of the year when i chase them off so to answer your question i could get you on them but it doesn't seem like it's the best thing for you someone yeah. to come pay me to do you know i want it's you to get not, you on the fishery to yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. so what yep. we, so i had a i had a question here from uh jerry and he wanted mm -hmm. to know what what if you had to pick what's what's the very best time of the season to fish for smallmouth since we were talking about and then he mm -hmm. also wants to know like if if you're wanting to if you have a customer that wants to target not numbers they want to target quality they want they'd rather yep. catch one or two of the biggest smallmouth they can get rather than yep. a couple a dozen or yep. two yep so so the biggest smallmouth are always caught fall and winter um numbers summertime right after the spawn you know post spawn i can get high numbers like not nothing like the the susquehanna mind you it's the delaware river but you can catch a ton of 10, 12 inch fish in the summertime on poppers and Ned rigs. And um, so like big fish is cold water and then numbers of fish would be the summertime. And then October, October is usually good. Yeah, you just got this where they're moving and the way the river is, is the problem yeah. with the river, the smallmouth, you go one day to the next day and you got to figure it all out again. Yeah. So it's season wise, it's, it's basically the same as in the lakes. It sounds like, uh, yeah. is there like a particular, without any specifics, like, is there a general technique that you typically use to target the bigger fish? Like, are you yep. Yep. bottom uh, fishing with a jig or are you using yeah. jerk bait? So like, yep. Uh, pretty much depending on where, like the wintering holes. Yeah. We'll use jigs. Uh, jerk baits, you got to fish them slow, you know, for yeah. some reason in the Delaware river, the, the bigger smallmouth seem to come to play in the cold, cold water. I, I, you know, I think what it really boils down to is smaller fish beat, beat it, beat to the, 
the lure or the jig or whatever it is, they beat the bigger ones there. And then in the winter, it's sort of an even game because the little ones are probably colder. I'm not oh, really makes, sure. Yeah, makes sense. Do you bait yeah. fish uh, or you, you only lure fish? Oh, no. I, I, I do everything. Yep. Okay. We'll tip jigs with shiners. You know what I mean? We'll, yeah. we'll fish hair jigs with shiners. I'll even... Uh, a quick little trick that I do a lot is I run a four inch gulp off the back of my jig, you know, saltwater gulp and chartreuse, four inch mullets. <laughs> and then you tip that with a jig for nobody uses gulp for wall, I, I, but probably hundred people or so will do it now. But <laughs> four inch people, mullets. Hey, come and, on. Sometimes 110 but, people watch this. You know, four, four inch chartreuse mullet. Uh, it just wrecks them on a chartreuse jig. They love it. And and then if you want to tip that with a shiner, you really up the ante, you know? So you just tie it as like a teaser off a thing, almost like a, like a fluke rig. It, it, uh, well, no, I, no, I'll just tie, I'll hook it right on the jig, you know, like a oh, quarter yeah. ounce. And then put a shiner over that. Yeah. Right on, okay. right in the bend of the hook, oh, take up the whole gap shit. of the hook. That way when they get it, they got it. But if you want a snap jig, say you want a vertical snap jig, like 16 foot of water, you can't use any shiners because you'll pull them right off the hook, you know? Yeah. So, but I, I love fishing eels and trout for stripers if I have to, if the water's dirty or say I got kids, you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. people that can't yeah. cast. I take all walks of life. So if I got to grab eels, whatever I, I need to do. I've noticed it's it's not that easy to find you on the internet. If somebody wanted to, um, yeah, book a trip with you or get information on these trips, yep. where's the best place to go? To to look to look up is Fin Seeker River Guide on Facebook. I just hammer that really, and and then my you know my phone number. Just get in touch with me or my emails, and uh, I'll and, get back to you. And you know what? Text, if you text me, I get back to you the same day. Fin Seeker River Guide Service is on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. And, it's, and the phone that, number is on there. See yep. what happens, Tim, if and and anyone listening, if you don't type in, like you said, if you don't type in the river yes. guide part, yep. it doesn't yep. come up. Yes, that's a problem. Because it's Fin Seeker River Guide. Yeah. You have to type in the it whole is. thing. Fin Seeker River Guide. Because I don't even yep. think we're following you because we didn't think you had an account yep. because I typed in Finseeker and yep. nothing, it didn't come up. I know it happens all the time. That's why I tell people Finseeker River Guy is my fault when I set it up. I should have just done it as Finseeker, but it's too late now. And, but if you go on there, my email's on there, my cell phone number's on there. I you love text the name, me. by the way, Finseeker. I think that's cool. Uh, Thanks, really man. Like yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It took a while to come up with it, but yeah. I well, like Tim, it. I want to thank you so much. Hold for on, Joe. I got on. another question here. Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I had no idea. Shoot. Shoot. You know what, Tim? Joe Joe, said, Joe got a new phone today, and he, yeah. had, he said, hey, can you make a post and see if anyone wants us to ask Tim anything specific? So I make, yeah. I make the post, and some guys reached out with some questions, yeah. and then yeah. Joe just blows it off. Oh, nice, Joe. You're, you're not ending the episode. You're not ending I, the episode. All I have is text message so far. My other stuff. I saw Adam Mihar wants me to ask him if he could name every game fish in the Delaware no, no, River. He's I'm a not troll, doing it. And that's the dumbest question in the world, and I'm not even going to ask it. 
Yeah, there's about 14 of them. We'll go with that. All right, there you go. And and Adam, you can Google the rest of that. So no, Joel, so Joel Joel had a question he wanted to ask about the striped bass run. All right, sure. Uh, he he basically wants to know like what months you target them, how long are they around for, and mm-hmm. I guess also the difference between the main run and kind of the ones that hang around a little bit longer. And, and yep. are there stripers that stay around year, year long that far up the yep. river or no? Yeah. So, all right. So here's the, the main, the main run come, the fish start coming in the river early. They're hard to catch because the water's cold, but April, May, and into June, it's loaded with all size stripers. They're they're coming in pretty heavy. And then if you have high water, the fish shove up the river and move. They're on the run. They're they're getting ready to spawn. There's a lot of fish. Like I used to tell people May 20th was when you could catch the most fish if if you wanted to pick a day. It's all of May. All of May is good fishing. And you're you know, talking for, about up all the way to which point would you say? I mean, there, there's fish all the way in the river, all the way through May, all the way up. Now, the the difference is how many they start to trickle out, and they get they get in different spots, and you got to catch them different. If you if you're fishing from say Bucks County south, there should be a ton of fish that you can catch in there uh, during May and into June. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, what was the other part of that question? Uh, well, I guess basically, so like, like how long do they stay around, generally speaking? And then yep. I kind of added on to the question if if any right. of those stripers kind of hang out so, for the whole season just in the river or not in general. Really. In general, this is what happens: the stripers might enter the river anywhere from now. In the March, there'll be big fish coming in from the Delaware Bay, and they they'll they'll run up, and what they they just are running because they're in their brain they got to spawn, but it's way too early, and they just don't know that. So their fish will go blowing by everybody. People will be shad fishing; they won't even know these fish are coming by. And when the river hits that magic temperature to spawn, those fish could be all the way up by New York. They don't care. It's not in their agenda. They just keep going and going and going. Then they spawn. And then what happens is all of a sudden they go into a panic mode because they realize, say, a 20-pound striper, there's not enough for them to sustain. The water's too warm. They don't have enough food. They turn around and start coming back. So there's a good shove of big fish coming back in June. They're coming back from way up north, and you got to know how to get them. But you can get them. You can get them, and then they'll they'll, they'll go blowing on out of here one day. You'll uh, so many fish will pour out of the river that it'll almost be all gone. But what happens is there's small fish, eighteen inches and under. They live in the river for two, three years, uh, maybe longer than that. They have a little yellowish tint to them, and then one day something will trigger something in their body to join the migration out. And they'll jump on board with the rest of the guys and head on out and become a, a migrating striper. But yeah, there's stripers in there all year. Yeah. Little guys. It's it's such a cool it's just such a cool thing. It's like Ah, it's awesome. They, What's uh, the biggest you know. one, Tim, you ever had come up? Well, we landed forty seven pounds. We haven't mm-hmm. broke the fifty pound mark in the Delaware River. We have numerous thirty pound fish, lots of twenties. But the main fish we catch is 10 to 15 pounds. But 
I'm using six foot six medium with you know three thousand, four thousand series spinning reels and poppers yeah, and jigs and <laughs> it's on, using, man. Using like a slightly heavy freshwater setup for these saltwater fish in a river. I mean, it's oh, badass, yeah. And then like you know, I'm using good stuff, Shimano Travalas, you know, that can handle a forty pound fish if he jumps on there. You know, we're loaded up with braid on Stratix. Yeah, my, you know, my personal stuff isn't even that good, right? right <laughs> i i usually I, I buy the good reels but I, I tend to try to save money on the rods a lot of the times yeah yeah how many yep. people are how many people are on that river fishing with like light tackle for little smallmouth or something and they hook one of them giant stripers i mean oh yeah <laughs> it happens rod. oh yeah they rods get ripped right out of the boat i mean shad season they jump on flutter spoons and uh, rip rods right out i've seen them already annihilate like a herring that got on a on a flutter spoon and then the rod just doubles over and they smoke all the line right off i've they'll had them eat, will they eat the shad like they'll eat the whole shad small ones yeah absolutely they're not going to try to expel the energy to get them big ones but them little some little bucks pound and a half bucks apps they'll tear them up no problem mm -hmm. yeah it'll annihilate them chunk bait you can catch plenty of stripers with chunk shad yeah now, what about yep. like like they stock the flat brook with trout, and a lot of mm -hmm. those trout come out of the river into. I mean, they come yeah. out of the flat brook into the Delaware. They get annihilated by stripers immediately. There's hardly any trout that can survive them stripes. <laughs> so I would imagine but, no, they uh, live. trout would be a good bait. No, for uh, trout. Stripers. Yeah. Yep. Trout's good, but it's soft. It's soft mouth that doesn't stay on that good. They're they die as soon as you put them in the river water. Half the time, you know, we used to go up to the Pohat Hatchery there and buy them back in the day. But you know, well, striper. Sorry, if you're throwing lures, like what are you trying to mimic? You could throw a lure that looks like a trout, but I used all yep all saltwater stuff. Big giant pencil poppers, poppers. SP minnows, hydro same, minnows. Same stuff that yeah. you'd target them in the Raritan Bay or Delaware Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Danny plugs, whatever it is you want to throw that's big. You want to mimic a herring. When they took the herring away from us, a lot of guys were like, hey, man, I'm done with this. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, well, that's dumb. Let's just get some big, big stuff that we throw in the ocean and yeah. same fish, man. Let's just throw big stuff and they annihilate it. Simple as that. That sounds awesome. I want to yep. go shad fishing and striper fishing. Let's do it, man. You guys yeah, I, are welcome. I Jump do, on board. I want to do everything. I, like, yeah, my, I know. I asked me, man. I want to do everything. Spins, my, my head spins with, like, the variety we have here in New Jersey. It's crazy. I say it all the time. Like, it, there's yep. never there's never not something to fish for. There's never not something exciting yeah. to fish for. It's It's, it's awesome. Yep. Look at today, man. It's what the twelfth or something or whatever it is of February. We had, um, you know, walleye, smallmouth, and a, and a tiger trout. Like it's just awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. I, I had yeah. a break down and drove four hours north into upstate New York to go ice fishing, but you know. Yeah. Oh uh, man, like you were saying before about the guides. I I booked from Rhode Island to the Carolinas. I fish all up and down. I I work on boats on the ocean and i i book people just like people book me so you got that's a big part of it you know what i mean matter of fact i'm actually snow plowing later tonight and uh when we're done shoving snow i'm running up to the salmon river for steelhead three-day steelhead fishing to catch some fish 
Nice, oh, dude. Joe, That's awesome. That. Yeah, so. Can, can you fit Joe in your uh, backpack? I got work, unfortunately. But, work? Yeah. Um, wait, work and wait? No. <laughs> Tim, I I tell him. You, can I thank him now? or, or you got I'll, more I'll let you end the episode now. We're good. All right, Tim, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. I hope yeah, we'll get a chance to actually go fishing with you. Let's do it, boys. I Let's do it. Survive the storm tonight, plowing. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, Chris, you want to say anything to him? Not Tim. It was, it was great to talk to you. And uh, just, you know, the example of us sitting here getting to talk to you and the amount of information. I mean, what what we get from you in this little fraction of time, I mean, it's it's like a droplet of the information yeah. that he has. I mean, yeah. so it's just cool. it just shows the example, you know, when you go out with someone, when you're talking to someone about fishing, when you're fishing with someone, whether it's someone you met and you made friends with or you're going out with a guide, I take advantage yeah, of it. Talk about Absolutely. it. Ask questions, share your information, absorb yeah. what they have to give and and yeah. And yep. just keep and, and just keep growing and, and even if you do, you'll still never catch up to all the information there is because it's it's just always yep. changing. It's crazy. It's awesome. Learning every day. Every day learn something, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you, man. Tim, so much, man. No, nah, thank you guys, man. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. Good talking yeah. with you. Yeah. Let's too. fish together. Yeah, we'll awesome. oh, we're yeah. gonna fish Absolutely. and we'll be in contact, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Take care, bud. See ya. I feel like I totally got catfished because, like, the Tim Keebler profile picture is like a giant red-headed person that I've been talking to. And that guy was, like, not him at all. Like, I'm what like, are you talking A giant red-headed person? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I might have the wrong profile. Dude, I yeah, you do have the wrong profile. You've been talking to Ronald McDonald. Dude, it's a giant dude with red hair. Like, he came on with tattoos and the goat i'm like is this is this tim keebler i didn't even know it doesn't look like the facebook whatever i got catfish but that guy was cool anyway um we're going fishing with him chris so start badgering him and annoying him for sure, like I'll, I'll i'll fish with anyone and and it you know we, and we do i mean yeah, wait until the madness contest starts, and then we'll go out with Tim for a couple of days. <laughs> Tim's going to join the contest and then just tell us we can't come and because he had to beat us. He's going to tell us, like, the, the all fish go to the captain automatically. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean... The Round Valley Cold Water Shootout went on. Right, uh, right. Matt Yanetta won. I actually bet my money on Matt Yanetta when they told me that Lake Trout counted. You could ask Kevin to verify it. I said, my money's on Yanetta, and he won, so I should have bet it. I think in the first day, uh, Wojcik might have been leading, or he just caught that. He did catch a really nice brown trout, but yeah, overall, uh, Yanetta won. It looked like the shoreline fishermen didn't do that great. Um they did a right. I'm, I know Kevin was there fishing from shore, and he sucked. He sucked, and anyone like around him was cursed by his black play. He is there is something with Kevin. Um, really, which leads yeah, it leads me to next week's episode because next week's episode is about curses, 
legends and superstitions. So, so if you have any that you, I have many. Chris doesn't believe in any of it. I believe in too much of it. I, I, I don't. You're right. I don't believe in it, but I do part. Like remember, I told you I shaved my beard when the ice fishing in New Jersey was over, like a like a hockey playoff, like an NHL hockey yeah, playoff. Yeah. yeah, I'll do shit like that, but I don't actually believe that if I shave my beard off, the ice will melt. You know what I mean? But well, we're going to get deep into detail on this. Oh, TVs yeah. fall on paper. Oh, tried. yeah. No, I, I have stories that'll make your, your head explode. I already know why they don't want a banana on the boat. Uh, we have Scotty Seven's pineapple. So add, we want to hear him. Email us, njmultispecies at gmail. Um, Do you have slots for people to come on? Still, or yeah. did you get? No, anyone could come on. I, right, so I, anyone that wants to come on could come on. Right, if anyone if it's a good on. one, though, if it's stupid, you're not coming on. <laughs> yeah, gotta be good because we don't let anything stupid on this show ever. No, this is very serious. Yeah, very serious. I don't even know what else to say. So yeah, but that, but getting back to the original point, Kevin, I went trout fishing with him. He got out of the car and immediately said to Scott Carroll, he made a comment like, oh, there's some kind of black cloud around me with trout. <laughs> and uh, I yeah, said, okay. okay. So we get down there and, you know, the fishing immediately just, it's all right, but it ain't that good. And Scott starts saying, what's going on here? It's not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm saying, yeah, it is a little off, whatever. Oh, God. Kevin ends up leaving early. Uh so we go back. He was hosting a Super Bowl party. He leaves early. Uh, and we go back and work the same stretch again that we'd already gone through with Kevin. And we just pummeled brown trout the entire way. Like, and a couple giants. Like, the fishing did seem to just get unbelievably better when Kevin left. Do you think now? Now, I went ice fishing with Max this weekend. and Max, Max and Kevin are one. One entity. They're t- they're one person. Listen to this. So on the ride back, I mean, Max is just like vegging out in the passenger seat while I'm driving, and he's just talking about shit. And he's he brought this thing up where you know how the human body is a seventy percent water or whatever. Yeah. And there was apparently you know studies done where people. Uh, you can affect the way water freezes by the type of music you play to it or like the type of emotions. Like like if you yell at water while it's freezing, the ice molecules of the water are are different. They're like they're more jagged than if you play calming music to water while it's freezing. Is this real or this is from Max? I, I cannot verify i did not look it up this is from max but he was dead serious when he was telling me this you realize this is from ghostbusters too when they're yelling at the slime in the toaster oven i i do realize that but you you do realize that stuff in movies that is science fiction is based off of reality a lot of the times so what you're saying is you're driving home from ice fishing. Max is a ve- in a vegetative coma state in the back seat, and he's talking about how he's, he's made out of water. Why would he be in the back seat? It's just me and him. He's in the passenger okay. seat. So he's in the passenger seat, and he's just talking about how he's made out of water. Dude, music I, I, didn't, 
for for two and a half to three hours of this four hour ride, I didn't even turn on the radio. I just listened to the shit he was saying. See, mine was an emotional breakdown. That was just him being emotional. I didn't get this molecule. But hold on. So I'm going somewhere with this. So he then went on. I mean, look, it it's. I'll look up the study. Anyone can look up the study. If it's there, I'm sure you could find it. If he's a total liar, then, you know. So he's saying if I play Beethoven music to a glass of water, it won't freeze as quickly? No, 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 well, no, not necessarily. If if you put, a, like, if you put, I don't know what the, where, how they did this, but if you have a glass of water and you put it in freezing conditions where the water is going to freeze and you play soothing, like, Beethoven music to it, and then you look at the ice crystals under a microscope, they'll look a certain way. They'll be like smooth the way they're, they freeze. If you do the same thing and you play like heavy metal death metal music to the water while it's freezing, and then you look at the, the under the microscope, the ice molecules are different. They're like jagged and sharp or whatever. And again, this is what he's telling me in the ride. I can <laughs> verify any of this. But if you think about it with the sound waves and stuff, I mean, I, it makes sense. I, I believe it. I believe Listen, him. I believe that he should the If the speaker itself is heavy enough to make the water move, obviously it's going to be harder. It's going to f- be harder to freeze well, it. There's been studies about playing different types of music to plants as they grow too, and it affects them. I still way. don't understand the point of the, so, so here's he's, where I'm he's getting 70% with of the water now. So, so he's, because he's, human beings are made of 70% water, which I don't know the exact percentage, but that is true. That you know, you're mostly water. And because of that, and because music and emotions can affect the water in a real way. Could there possibly be something about Kevin? And this is Max's theory, but I'm applying it here to your story. Could there be something about Kevin, about his thoughts, his emotions, his his aura that transfers into the water and fucks the fish up? This this is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I don't. I'm not going to touch on it because I already exploded on Max last week and he just hates me now and won't he won't even talk to me. And I, I'm sorry, Max. I, I, you I know love, what? I love Max. We had a good time. The fishing stuff. We got thunderstormed on in the rain. Uh, I yelled at Max last week because he put a video up of the, of himself on his own page. <laughs> it was just a fiasco. I'm, he, I don't know what he was doing. He got yelled at for it. Now he hates me, but he'll love me again by now. I think week. it's hilarious. I'm on his side, but are you really? You really? I didn't honest? really know what the fight was about. I was just laughing the whole time. The fight was about he had posted this video that no one had ever seen on his own personal page with the logo of the podcast. <laughs> I don't even. I make fishing videos. I do not put the podcast logo on fishing videos. He has a my podcast logo on his fishing video on his personal wall. Who cares? He, He's excited. Listen. All right, whatever. But then when I just ask him nicely, Max, please don't do that again. He goes on for four hours. It's just four hours. He's telling me he's trying to help push me forward. If you're putting my, the podcast logo. One day, 
if anyone listening to this one day, I'm going to release all of these text messages and into like a just a everything's going great, dude. Everything's going great. Just tell Max to calm down. Just so fun. I laughed the whole time. It's hilarious. But uh, yeah, no. So next week, please, I need help with the episode. Uh, It was an idea I came up with. Uh, I'm trying to get my wife on because she's going to tell you how ridiculous I am with some of this shit. It's actually borderline insanity. If you have any fishing superstitions, please reach out to us because we would love to have you on next week. Yeah, uh, no, as yeah. Many in all, as yeah, in all seriousness, guys, like join in, be part of it. the whole point of this podcast. I keep saying it. We want people involved. This is supposed to be like an open forum. We don't want it to just be, hey, we're having this this guy on who's really good at fishing for this species, and he's going to talk about it. We want people involved. We want to do episodes where people ask to come on and tell a fishing story or talk about like this, the superstitions or whatever. Uh, you know, we want you guys to be involved and and treat treat this podcast like a forum, like an open forum, or or like a you know. Yeah, everyone's involved. So next week, we have a... Well, now it's 10 days. I'll post something online, too. But yeah, if you have a superstition... um, Other than that, I don't have much. The week after that, we're going to be off. It's presence. It's something. Why are we off? We're off for something. Uh, We have a... Well, we have a trip that was planned. We were going to go to Lake Oneida with a bunch of the guys. That is not going to happen, but... We are going. We 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 are going to ice fish somewhere else. So we're still gonna take that. You know, we're still gonna take that time to go ice fishing for that trip, and then uh, I, I'm going to a Rangers game after we get back from that. So I literally I, I can't do anything. All and right, I so think we're you had something too. So we're not gonna we're not gonna have an episode that week. No we no episode. Um, if you're not in the madness competition yet. Uh, if you're not in it by the 19th, you're not getting two spots on the wheel. You can still sign up after the 19th. What's today? Today's the 12th. So you got one week left to get two spots on the wheel. If you're going to well, sign up for this We're content, recording it today. By the time this comes out, it ain't going to be the 12th no more. Uh, it'll come out the 16th, so you'll have the weekend. If you're going to sign up for this contest, you might as well just sign up by the 19th so you get the two spots on the wheel. Um, obviously if for any reason you can't do that, you got to sign up after that. That's fine. You'll just get one spot on the wheel, which could still win anyway, but, uh, it's better sooner than later. Yeah. We're, we're not pushing this because like no one's making money off of this unless you win a prize or money. I mean, pushing because we want to have more. Yeah. Yeah. It a hundred percent of the entry fees are going to the pot that's getting split between the winners of whoever catches the longest fish in each of the categories. And however, depending on how much it is, is how it's going to be broken down. But like we want to do, we want to do, uh, we want to have more of these, uh, make it a thing that we do all the time. Mike K is already thinking of new ideas. He's already thrown around possibilities of team stuff. Uh, but none of this stuff's possible without participation. So, we need people to get involved. I mean, just like Chris said, even if you're, for some reason, don't want to buy a bump board, just 
$25 to get on the raffles is fine. It, it, I don't know. Whatever. I'm tired of preaching it, but. No, it's just, it's just that I just want people to understand that, you know, and, and that we already have, we're closing in on, on 60 people participating in it. That's awesome. But the more people that participate, the easier it is for us to get, uh, you know, companies and shops and guides and stuff to donate prizes into this. So then there's more prizes to go around. And, you know, it's, it's really that simple. The more people that are in it, the more prizes we get to give away because those companies get more out of donating something. It, it's really that simple. And so, uh, it also, word, open, it opens up the possibility of them adding more species. Right. And it just, be, it, it becomes more fun because we could, you know, Eddie could add more species to the list. Now you got more species, but, and if it goes, I think well, if fast Eddie, if fast Eddie was fat, it was happy enough with the turnout of this. There's a possibility. Maybe next one, you see the saltwater fish. A couple, a couple saltwater fish get thrown in. It's possible that, that if you, you throw in fluke stripers and uh, what else, sea bass, blackfish into this, yeah, oh, it'd I just mean, be so fun, dude. So dude, fun. Anything's possible, but you need participation. You need the participation, right? Look at the skillful angler, uh, at the the skillful angler program. Uh, you know, they had whatever amount of participants each year. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't that many. We started talking about it. We started spreading the word. We told people, to, you know, tell your friends about it. Tell it. We kept talking about it. They more than doubled their participation this year. They've already added. They used to just do the paper and the patches. That just from the the rise in participation this year. They added plaques. They're giving away some plaques this year. They're they're having us go to the uh, the dinner that used to be for what's the dinner called? The banquet. I think it's through. the Deer Classic. Yeah, yeah. They Those now add the skillful angler winners to the Deer Classic, basically. Yeah. So and Chris because, is taking credit for it. So because people Hollywood. are participating in it, because the participation is up. And it's up because of you. I didn't say that. Who said that? You kind of just said it. You said because you started talking about it, it doubled. I didn't say that. I said us, first of Uh, all. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we started telling everyone about it. Oh, boy. You've gone Hollywood like Howard Stern. I've had enough of this for tonight. Uh, We will be back next week with the uh, Hollywood Chris edition of uh, Superstitions. Chris, you want to say bye? Uh, I guess if that's the way, this is the path you're taking, then, uh, you know, anyone who wants to come on, just send me your application and I'll probably rip it in half, wipe my ass with it because you're not good enough to come on here. (laughs) Good night. I'm too good to say good night.